When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com and the Pewter Report podcast. This is our first episode of the new year in 2024. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope that this year is your best one yet and that you're enjoying it already. I know I had a great time watching those college football playoff matchups last night. Two incredible, incredible games. And, of course, a big game coming up this Sunday for the Bucks. High stakes in Carolina. It's very simple. Win and they're in, lose, and they go home and their season is done. So we got a lot to break down on today's show, plus roll call at 420. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place of PeterReport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, Happy New Year to you. How you happy doing? Happy New Year. I'm doing good. Happy New Year. Uh, it's great to see everybody. Appreciate you all joining us. And uh, 2024 has begun. But first, we got to wrap up this Buccaneer 2023 season. And how and when will it end? Is it going to end in Carolina? Um, with a loss uh, to the Panthers, that would be devastating, right? Because the Panthers are one of the worst teams in the league record-wise. But a team that only lost to Tampa Bay by three points. So there's that. Or is this going to end in the postseason with the Buccaneers at least having one home playoff game as NFC South champions? That's what happens if the Buccaneers win on Sunday. And then, of course, there's the really the fate of Todd Bowles to be discussed, right? Because, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's many other media outlets that are kind of talking about this, Matt, but I, I mean, I don't know that if if the Buccaneers lose this game, Todd Bowles is getting fired. I mean, I, I, I think that's, and I've, heard, I've not heard that that's not official, but I'm just saying it's like reading the tea leaves and looking at this team and what they've done in years past with coaches, in the amount of time that they've given them, the Lakers want to see progress. And you could certainly mm-hmm. make the case that if they finish 8-9 again and they don't win the NFC South, that is certainly not progress. So I, I don't know how that Ty Bowles comes back after this. So there is that storyline to consider as well. Yeah, it's a combination of a couple of things. Uh, progress, of course, is one of them. If they lose, it'd be 8-9 and nine again for the second year in a row. And I, I think it's not even whether they end up 9-8 and eight or 8-9 and nine or would have been nice if, if they were 10-7. and seven. I, I think it's just, if you're looking at it black and white, looking at this picture, it's okay. Yes, you went on this winning streak. You had two games to get the job done. One at home against a team that you already dominated earlier in the season and a team Mm -hmm. that was reeling in their own right that you could have taken care of business. Or you could have won, yes, while it's on the road, against an extremely inferior team that you should absolutely take care of uh, of business again. Right. And when you you look at all of that, then you say, "Uh, well, what are the positives – and negatives of Todd Bowles as a head coach. And you can look at the positives, the players like him, and he's able to keep the group together. Then you look at the negatives and you say, all right, well, you had a little bit of this winning streak, but that game that they lost the Saints, is that a little more indicative of what's going to continue for Todd Bowles? Or was that just an anomaly and they'll get right back on to that winning track? Um, There's really no perfect way to answer it. There's one other thing I, I, I want to look at with Todd Bowles and this year's coaching staff in particular, because let's remember the timeline of when Todd Bowles got hired to be the next head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was shortly after the NFL owners meetings when Bruce Arians was not made available Mm -hmm. uh, to the media, and we were there typically all the coaches speak there. 
And the reason why the timeline is important is because Todd Bowles, while he is familiar with a lot of the people on the coaching staff, was not able to bring in his own guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So he was kind of stuck with Byron Leftwich, and we all know the story there. And then he ended up letting go of Byron Leftwich and bringing in Dave Canales. And I know we're all looking at the last game against the Saints and being like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this offense. But overall, if you're looking at the entire body of work, I still think that Canales has made this offense better and it's improved in certain ways. If you're Todd Bowles, I'd be arguing as well if I'm trying to keep my job. I would say, listen, that's only year one with Dave Canales. He's not going anywhere. So if we're back next season, that offense is only going to get that much better. But then if I'm the Glacier, I say, well, Todd, you're the defensive guy and the defense is worse than it was last season. Bingo. um, Even though you have some different and better pieces, which is a little bit of something I'll be talking about on roll call today. Um, but yeah, th- there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pieces to put together to this puzzle, to this picture about whether or not to keep Todd Bowles. Yeah. And, and uh, well said, and, and, and there is a lot to consider and you have to look at Dave Canales too. And the, nobody wants to hear this now because the Bucks had 44 yards of, of offense in the first half and were shut out. <laughs> But he has made some strides. You can't look at the entire season with the recency by the recency bias of Sunday's game and say, "Well, the offense has been terrible." It's actually improved. They're scoring 21 points per game this year with Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich. They averaged 18 points per game last year. That's that's a three point improvement per game. And if you go back to last year with Tom Brady. And if you were to replace all of the scores of the Buccaneers games, Tampa Bay scores, with just 21 points, whether they yeah. scored more, whether they scored less, if you just gave them 21 points per game, last year's Bucks would have been 10 and 7, right? So there's that to consider, too, that this is what an improved offense can look like. But, you know, Matt, you said it. That the fact that Todd Bowles runs the defense, and when we say runs the defense, he is the defensive play caller, right? He determines who plays in terms of the playing time percentages, the depth chart, everything. And when that side of the ball has taken a step back in total yards and, and scoring defense and passing defense, then, then, then you look at it and say, well, is it, is it worth sticking with Todd Bowles or do we look behind what could be door number two and could it be better, right? And, and the Glaciers have made this call before, and they took a high-stakes gamble back in 2002 when Tony Dungy, the beloved Tony Dungy, who had you know, set this team up with future Hall of Fame players in terms of their trajectory. Those guys were drafted under Sam Weish, but took Warren Sapp's game to new heights, Derek Brooks, et cetera, drafted Rondé Barber, drafted work done, guys like that. And turned this thing around, got this team into the cusp of a Super Bowl, built a Super Bowl-caliber defense with the coaching staff that included the likes of Monty Kiffin and and Mike Tomlin and Raheem Morris, et cetera. And they said, that's not good enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and they fired him after making the playoffs three straight years in 1999, 2000, and 2001. They took a chance, and they, they said, we can do better. And they got John Gruden. So having said that, it's like, if you, if you look at, at this situation, Todd Bowles is not Tony Dungy. He's not John Gruden. He's not Bruce Arians. I think he's more in the line of like a dirt cutter type coach. So can you level up? Yeah, I think you can. At the same time, Matt, you look and they thought they could level up from Greg Schiano from four and 12 in 2013 mm-hmm. And they got Levy Smith, which was two and fourteen the next season. So it doesn't always work out. The Glaciers have experienced both ends of the spectrum, and it'll be really interesting to see which direction they go. I do think if if Bowles and the Bucks lose in Carolina on Sunday, I do think he's gone. If they win, it might come down to how that playoff game shapes up. Yeah, and that's the other caveat in all of this is if he does win and he improves by one game and wins the division again i don't know if nine and eight saves his job and how does that yeah. playoff game look 
against what most likely is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles because I believe the the Cowboys have taken over first place in the NFC yeah. South. So, or sorry, the the NFC East. The Bucks play in yeah. the NFC South. Um, so you would have a, a matchup that we've already seen this season between the Bucks and the Eagles. Uh, but the Eagles just lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Their defense has regressed. I mean, we, we talked a lot about how the Bucks defense has regressed. Yeah. The Eagles de- defense has regressed as well, even from right. that first matchup early in the season on Monday Night Football. So <laughs> what, what if he goes 9-8 and eight and they lose in a close game to the Eagles? Right. What do you do there? If they get absolutely smoked by the Eagles, I think it's kind of clear what the direction will be. And then yeah. if you win and you move to the second round, that clearly is improvement. What do right. you do in that type of situation? There is, um, there is layers and layers to yeah. this. Um, I think there's some style points, right? Yes. I think there's some style points. Like, for example, if Florida State had drubbed Louisville in that AFC championship game and put yep. 30, 40 points on the board, that might have swayed the the committee to put them in into the, the playoffs, right? Because, wow, mm-hmm. it, this could be a Cardale Jones type thing where Ohio State is down to its what third string quarterback, and they're still clicking and rolling. Uh, so I think there's some stop points to this too, right? Um, do the Buccaneers barely beat Carolina, twenty to nineteen or something mm. like that, to to win the NFC South, and then do they barely beat a team in the playoffs, or do they barely lose? Style points matter. Um, yeah, not to a committee, but to the Blazers and Jason Light. Because you got to remember, even if the Buccaneers win this division for a second year in a row, Matt, there is a possibility if Atlanta beats New Orleans on Sunday and the Bucs beat the Panthers on Sunday, out of two years, there will only be one team that has a winning record out of all four teams in the NFC South. And that would be the 9-8 and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. Same, same thing with the Saints. If the Saints win... They'll be nine and eight, right? And 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 if they win the division and the Bucks lose to the Panthers, they'll be the only team in two years that has a winning record in the South. If the Falcons win and the Bucks lose, the Falcons at eight and and, and nine, yeah, could win the division, right? Um, and you know, it, it, it's crazy to think that that the NFC South being so downtrodden has this division title decided in week 17 a year ago in week 18 this year. So I think you have to step back and look at this and say, okay, so you won the division, but man, you barely won it twice in such a bad division. It, it'd be different. I think if Todd Bowles and the Bucks this year had, had, had gotten to, to 10 and seven yeah. or 11 wins and almost like what the Patriots used to do with the AFC East, right? Mm-hmm. Just be King of Kings of the Hill. You'd feel better about that going forward. But the fact that it's been a struggle, I don't know, gives this team a lot of confidence. The Bulls can be a guy that can ultimately take this team to new heights, which is wins in the postseason. And then, as you already brought up, you know, Dirk Cutter era, uh, Greg Schiano, and, and Lovey Smith Raheem as well. Morris. Raheem yeah. Morris. There is also that other situation of the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Now, right. there are a lot of tantalizing options. For the right. Bucks, Todd Munkin, who we've spoken about a lot, um, Ben Johnson with the Detroit Lions, their offensive coordinator is very talented. But as I've said before, there is more than one coaching vacancy this year, and it, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Right to Todd Munkin, he may say, "Yes, I want to go to Tampa. I'm familiar with the area. I've lived there before, and I want right. to live in Florida." But not every team is going to. Not every coaching candidate isn't going to maybe necessarily want to come to the Bucs. Maybe they want to coach Justin Herbert or something like that. So there's that scenario. So if you don't get Todd Munkin and you don't get Ben Johnson, what's your next option? How much of an upgrade are you getting there? Are you going to get another new offensive mind? Are you going to bring in another defensive guy, even though you just had a defensive coach and you have to completely change around the defense with whatever system that Mm -hmm. coach wants to do and then probably change a new offense as well. If Dave Canales isn't there in a, and a new coach comes in. There's so many different ways to slice this. And we'll have plenty of time in the offseason to um, to really break it down as well. Jim Harbaugh, obviously, is a uh, is another one. We'll see what's up with yeah. uh, Michigan as well. And then the other thing they have to decide is, 
who's going to be the quarterback. I know last week it was a love fest. The Baker, the, the Bucks <laughs> love Baker. Baker loves the Bucks. Everything is great. And then you get last week's performance, and that's why I think what you say is great, Scott. About you know every week is a is a Polaroid picture essentially, and you're taking yeah. a snapshot of that week and and how did this team look? Because I think it's a big question going into Carolina is which Bucks team are you going to get? Are you going to get that team that lost six of seven? that shot themselves in the foot, that had many opportunities to win and then just didn't? Or are you going to get the team, Baker looking confident, absolutely slinging it, offense looks the best it's been all season, the defense is being opportunistic mm-hmm. because they are a little boomer bust, and again, I'll talk about that in three minutes, um, and getting turnovers and getting to the quarterback and capitalizing on those takeaways this season has been a roller coaster of a lot of ups and downs. Currently, they are down after losing to uh, the New Orleans Saints. Curious how they'll look against the Panthers. With this time around, right. the Bucs have their backs uh, against the wall, which is really yeah. important. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm curious, too, because we saw the Saints come in without any cushion, without any room for error. It was do or die on Sunday, and they wanted to live. <laughs> they wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, is Tampa Bay going to play tight? Are they going to be anxious? Uh, are are they going to are they, are, are they going to play a little scared? Like, oh my gosh, we could blow this. What happens if Carolina goes up seven nothing? Does that send shockwaves through the Bucks sidelines and like, oh my gosh, we're in position, we're going to lose this now? Or does it rally the troops and say, uh-uh, not today. This is our division. We we stubbed our toe last week. We're going to come down to Carolina and, you know, come out like stone-cold killers and just take this thing. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. And um, we've done a good job predicting some of these games. I think everybody has a winning yes. record. Right? <laughs> we do. On the Peter Report staff in terms of picking wins and losses. But, man, after Sunday's loss to New Orleans, I mean, this game literally could go either way. And and you, you look at this and say, well, Jacksonville just waxed Carolina on Sunday. And the Bucks just throttled the Jaguars, right? But the Panthers came to Tampa and lost by three points. So any given Sunday, man, that's what makes this league so interesting is just when you think you have it all figured out. Right. We'll see. Yeah. And then you throw in the fact, too, that Baker Mayfield, right? If, if he has, you know, a sternum upper rib injury, guess what? Every time you're you're dropping back to pass, you're, you're, yeah. you're feeling that, right? And that's going to affect your torque, your velocity, your accuracy. It's going to be interesting to see when we're at one Buccaneer place tomorrow, Matt, exactly yes. how Baker Mayfield is feeling. And not just that, Matt, let's say he's healthy enough to play. Todd Bull says he's playing. Okay, great. Playing is one thing. Being accurate and throwing the ball with enough velocity yeah. to succeed is another. And what's going to happen when he gets hit? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if I'm the Bucks, I get Kyle Trask a couple of reps uh, this week just in yeah. case something happens to uh, Baker Mayfield. And, yes, we will be paying attention to that very, very closely um, all week at practice. Usually Wednesday so far has been a walkthrough over the last yeah. two months. Um, so we'll see if Baker is even throwing yeah, any pass. Probably but not. My we'll guess. make sure yeah. if he does that it that it's captured um, on video. So uh, Todd Bowles did speak on Monday. At the facility, which I thought was kind of odd because last week on Christmas, they did a Zoom. Yeah. And then New Year's Day, they didn't. But there's also the ReliQuest Bowl going on at Raymond James Day. Anyway, yeah. that doesn't really matter. But he said that Baker um, said he's sore, said he's going to play on Sunday. So yeah. there's not that much mystique with it. Uh, before we get to roll call, we got two uh, Super Chats yeah. that I want to get to real, real quickly. The first Super Chats of the new year. So thank you to Kelly Dwight Fields for the $1.99 Super Chat who says, um, a head coach, I'm assuming, We'll bench a quarterback if he's playing terrible. Well, I don't think Baker Baker's had bad games, and I, yeah. I think I would depict last week's game at, as one of those. Um, but I don't think he's been really terrible at right. at, at any point this season. I, I I don't really think – actually, the Carolina game was the one time I was like, all right, well, if they don't yeah. score on this drive, do you put in Kyle Trask just to, right. just to get a spark? And then he hit Mike Evans for a big play, and we never right. had that discussion again. And the first um, half was a monsoon, too, so there's that. Yes. You know, we'll, we'll have to give him a little bit of grace for, for the weather conditions, too. Yeah, so 
I don't know. I mean, this game, it's a do or die situation. Yeah. I think Baker, if he gets benched, it, it would be more Todd saying, listen, Baker, you're not 100%. The, the, the rib thing is really inhibiting you, so we're going to go with Kyle Trask. And that's yeah. a whole other can of worms, uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Appreciate the uh, Super Chat from uh, Kelly Dwight Fields. We got a $2 Super Chat from Timothy Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, who uh, is asking. Y'all think the Tepper Jags fan incident uh, affects the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that may not know, yes. David Tepper uh, was in the box, obviously, watching the yeah. Panthers-Jaguars game. Some Jaguars fans were saying something to him, and he, like, right. tossed his drink at them. If anything, I mean, he'll probably get fined a ton of money yeah. to everyone else, but to yeah. him, it's dropping the, the bucket. They, they could care less. They... If anything, I mean, is he doesn't seem like an owner that people want to – players want to play for because i don't know he's already been in a lot of controversial stuff already and he's only owned the team for like a couple of seasons right if anything maybe they would be more relaxed if he got like suspended and couldn't be at the game (laughs) and it's like all right like he's not in the area we can point yeah (laughs) so if anything it would probably help help the panthers that's a good Uh, point anyway though yeah, let's uh, move on to our favorite thing that we like to do on our first show of the week. Typically, it's on Mondays, but it's a Tuesday since uh, yesterday was New Year's Day. The first roll call of the new year. Where you at, pewter people, as we like to say. For those that may be joining the show for the first time or getting to join live uh, for the first time. We like welcome, to do welcome. this on uh, – yeah, welcome. We like to do this every uh, typically Monday, but on, on Tuesdays in this case, where um, at 420 or right around it, one of us on the show will start going on a diatribe about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in the meantime, um, in the comments, because we love interacting with everybody so much, um, start putting your location where you're watching the show from. We like to give shout outs to everybody because we have fans both in Tampa, in the state of Florida, in the United States and internationally. So um we just want to give you guys a shout out because we couldn't do the show without you guys and really appreciate it. So uh, I'm going to be talking about your Buccaneers today. I'm going to take this in two different directions because uh, I had a plan going into this. And then there was some news that that came out recently that Bucks fans have been talking about. So I want to talk about that as well. So I'm going to start with the offensive side of the football. There was news uh, that was reported by all the big wigs, Schefter, Ian Rappaport, all that stuff that. The New York Jets and Dalvin Cook have uh, both agreed to mutually part ways and uh, release him so uh, Dalvin Cook can try to latch on with the team um, that's going to, into the postseason and potentially can go on a playoff run and, and maybe win the Super Bowl. And rightfully so, because there was a Dalvin Cook conversation before the season began and before he signed with the Jets about bringing Dalvin Cook into Tampa Bay and kind of having a little one-two punch with uh, with Rashad White. Now the situation has changed. Rashad White clearly has shown and proven that he is uh, an RB1, at least especially as a uh, receiving threat um, at running back. And people aren't in love with the depth of um, you know, the rest of the running back room. But I wouldn't mind spinning the tires on Dalvin Cook. However, I still do think Chase Edmonds provides a little bit more than Dalvin Cook. But I think we also have to temper our expectations because it's a two-way street when it comes to Dalvin Cook. He wants to, as the reports say, he wants to win a Super Bowl. He wants to go on a playoff run. The Bucs aren't even guaranteed to be in the playoffs. That's right. They still have to win on Sunday. So if you're Dalvin Cook, and even if the Bucs win on Sunday and they punch their ticket to the postseason, why would you want to sign with the Bucs when you have an opportunity to potentially get picked up by the Ravens, who have had a number of injuries at running back, by the Dolphins, who have a high-powered offense, and they have their fair share of injuries. The 49ers, um, Christian McCaffrey, even though it's a meaningless game for them, uh, all of a sudden Christian McCaffrey has a uh, a calf injury, and he's not going to play, and he's going to have some time to rest it. But their depth is a little thin after Elijah Mitchell. Why wouldn't you want to sign on with a team like that as opposed to going to the Bucks Now, you could argue, oh, well, he comes in here, he can compete to be RB2. I'm telling you, I've watched a lot of Dalvin Cook this season. He has lost a step. He's not bad in uh, in pass protection. That could be something that he provides. But Rashad White is your guy on third down because he's one of your best uh, receiving threats uh, for, for the Bucks offense. So I just don't really see why Dalvin Cook would want to come here. 
And he doesn't have that same punch, that same push that he once had when he was, you know, an all pro running back with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he slowed down a little bit. I wouldn't hate it from a depth perspective of, um, you know, having him as RB three, if something happened to chase Edmonds again, right. because, um, you know, they obviously don't trust Sean Tucker at this point, but I would not expect Dalvin cook to want to come here in the first place. And secondly, there's a lot more. I, I would go with, I'm team chase Edmonds over Dalvin cook essentially is, uh, is yeah. what I want to say. I was going to talk about the Bucks defense as well, but it seems like we uh, ran through our, uh, our, all the great Peter people. So yeah, we can just continue the conversation really. Uh, but first yeah. I want to start a new conversation about our friends over at Celsius energy, the official energy drink of the Peter report podcast and talk about the Celsius essentials. One of the newest things that they have going on. Uh, it's performance energy with 270 milligrams of caffeine to help you live fit. Uh, They're formulated for the uh, fitness enthusiast looking to elevate their performance. It's made with premium proven ingredients like three essential aminos. Um, It's an unbeatable combination of ingredients that support your physical and cognitive performance. And of course, there's no sugar. Uh, Celsius Essentials is the ultimate energy drink formulated by Celsius for the fitness enthusiast looking to elevate their performance. Made with Celsius proprietary Meta Plus formula and three essential aminos, Celsius Essentials provides you with an unbeatable combination of ingredients that supports your physical and cognitive performance. With a specially formulated lineup of bold flavors, Celsius Essentials is a game changer for those wanting to unlock their full potential and take their fitness journey to the next level. Um, they're available at 7-Elevens nationwide. Uh, there's a three-flavor variety pack. And as you know, variety is the spice of life. Um, now available at Walmart on uh, Rollback. And uh, they're rolling out nationwide at select retailers. So go to Celsius.com slash find Celsius Essentials and uh, check out all the great flavors you have. You know that we love every single flavor of Celsius. I was rocking with the Arctic vibe yesterday as I was watching the uh, college football games, trying to get a little pep in my step after uh, – the New Year's Eve and getting ready for the new year. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, you can go to your local Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven, health and fitness store, or it could just be your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you know you want more, you heard me talk about the variety pack, head on over to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and uh, you can have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're in charge. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. The official energy drink of PeterReport.com. Yeah, you know what? Uh, today's show is already uh, uh, alive and kicking, but uh, tomorrow is our Bucks versus Panthers preview. And there's that guy right there, Trey Palmer, who had a he had a good game, had a yeah. costly fumble, but uh, it was this a coming out party for him? Josh Capo thinks it was a breakout performance uh, for him with four catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Should have had two, but he fell. Um, but we'll see if he yeah. can continue his hot start and, and end the season with the bang to help the Buccaneers. So Bucks versus Panthers preview tomorrow, 4 o'clock live. Make sure you check out the Peter Report podcast, as always, on Peter Report TV, where you can watch us live, as you are right now, or the podcast archive versions on YouTube, Peter Report TV. We had a great turnout today, as we always do, for yeah. any roll call, whether it's a Monday or a Tuesday. And I want to give a shout out to uh, to uh, quite a few people actually here. We we've got some some uh, old familiar faces and, and some exciting newcomers. So we greatly appreciate that. Uh, first of all, Alien Mastodon near a Texas route. I like that. So um, <laughs> you're right there in the backyard of of the uh, national championship game, which will be in Houston between the yeah. Washington Huskies and the Michigan Wolverines. So that'll be exciting to see. We're all the way down here in Tampa, Florida. And you're all the way up there in Tacoma, Washington, Joseph. So we appreciate you tuning into the Peter Report podcast and an international viewer, Luke Crompton over there in New Zealand. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got uh, Catherine Laboda from um, just down the way in, in Dunedin. Always appreciate our, our Floridians who tune into the show. Um, Kels808, as always, aloha from Hawaii, Peter people. Appreciate you tuning in as well. 
We're going to go back overseas to the French Alps at La Chapelle from Arnaud uh, Oltmans. Hopefully I said that correctly. And uh, and then we're going to go back stateside to Man Easterling from Memphis, Tennessee, home of some great barbecue, uh, Gibson's Donuts, Gus's Fried Chicken, um, Ghost River Gold Ale, which is one of my favorite beers of all time, uh, Rendezvous Barbecue. Uh, love Memphis. It's a great foodie town. Nixon, Missouri, home of hometown of Jason Bourne, says Tim Brookie. That's awesome. Great movie. Great book by Robert yeah. Ludlum. And a couple more out there in Butte, Montana. I was out in Montana back in October. Loved it. Can't wait to go out to Big Sky Country right. again. Appreciate it, John, for tuning in. And Jennifer Hardy from Banner Elk, North Carolina, via Tampa. She's obviously a Baker Mayfield fan. Boomer, soon yep. to you, Jennifer. Very cool. Uh, love the turnout again. Um, I was looking at some of it as I, I was obviously trying to make my point as well. Appreciate you guys so much. Uh, can't thank you awesome. enough every single week. It makes the show that much more fun. You guys make it what it is. And, you know, roll call is obviously a really important part of this show. So I uh, appreciate the turnout from everybody. Let's get to a couple super chats that have come mm. this way. Thank you very much, everybody. Starting with Justin Ballas with a 499 super chat who says, Everyone has been talking up Kalijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby, but a PFF grade show, they've been average or below average in Kansi's case. What's the discrepancy? Um, I'm actually glad this question came up because yeah. um, this is something I want to expand on a little bit more in terms of the Bucks defense. I want to talk about it a little bit with um, with uh, roll call, but you know, I went longer on Dalvin Cook. Anyway, um, I find it so interesting with this team this year with the Bucks. It's like, okay, they got a brand new pass rusher with Yaya Diaby, Yaya Diaby, yeah. and he leads the team in sacks. Antoine Winfield Jr. moves back to free safety, and he is at an all-pro level and has at least started to be in the discussion for um, Defensive Player of the Year. Kalijah Kansi, a stud since he's come back from his injury and, and has provided so much to this team. We've seen so many like nice pieces, new additions, or good changes to this team, and yet the defense is even worse this year than they were last year Yeah, on, with, you know, a couple like with Anton Winfield Jr. essentially playing out of position, the defensive line not as good as as it is this season without having Kalijah Kansi and and I guess a, an upgrade at outside linebacker with Yaya this year versus running out the group that they did uh, last season. So I don't know, just kind of an enigma uh, in, in my opinion when yeah. you look at the Bucks defense. Yeah, I, I think when you look at the down in down out performances, right? It's like you, we can stat sheet. Uh, scout right which is look at the box score see what they did from a production standpoint that doesn't always tell the tape of how good or bad these these players are performing i think when you look at at what they're doing down in and down out these are more splash type players and what i mean by that is if you look at at uh, kalaja kansi and and yeah yeah diaby both of these guys have what 10 11 tackles for loss four sacks for for kansi six and a half for diaby so they're, they're making some impact plays. They're making some splash plays. Like, for example, go back to the two tackles for loss that Diaby had in the game against the Saints, right? Two great plays, but where was he for the majority of the other snaps, right? Sometimes when you're doing your job, Pro Football Focus will, will give you, you know, credit for, okay, he was in his gap, he didn't get blown out of his gap, et cetera, even though the play goes the other way. That's how they grade. So sometimes the play comes your way and you have more opportunities than, than other instances. I just think that there's not a lot of rookies that come into the league and they're consistent down-in, down-out players, right? They're not Levante David. They're not Anton Winfield Jr. that are always going to have those high, consistent grades. Yaya Diaby, though, I believe was fifth or sixth in terms of the PFF grade this week, even though he didn't even have a sack. And and can't see there's been some games where he's made some splash plays, but then he's also got blown up in the run game. Playing defensive tackle in the NFL on defense, aside from, from island cornerback, is probably the hardest position to come in as a rookie and play. Look at Warren Sapp. He had three sacks his rookie season. Vita Vea had three sacks his rookie season. Mm -hmm. Gerald McCoy had three sacks his rookie season. All three of those guys ended up becoming Pro Bowl defensive tackles. Saps in the Hall of Fame. 
Cansey already has four sacks, and he missed, what, essentially five games this mm-hmm. year at the yeah. beginning of the season. So I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic these guys will become more consistent in year two, and I'm not terribly surprised that their PFF grades are, are low because I think if you look at most rookies around the league, that's kind of what you see, and that's reflective of inconsistent play from rookies. doesn't mean they don't have an upside. doesn't mean they're not productive. Um, you'd rather see splash plays and, and glimpses of what that ceiling could look like, right, Matt? But yeah, but um, as opposed to like Logan Hall, where <laughs> you just don't see it at all, mm-hmm. or Joe Tronchuenka. So I, I think we're going to see better performances, more consistency, better PFF grades from these guys in year two. Cody Malk's the same way. You, you, you Josh Capel yeah. can sit there and pull out. Look at these 12 amazing plays by Cody Malk where he looks like a Pro Bowl guard. But then there's 12 plays where he doesn't, where he looks awful. Then there's a bunch of plays where he's just kind of average in between. So with more experience, with improvement within a system, th- that jump that you get by being in an NFL weight training program yep. from year one to year two, rather than senior bowl, East-West shrine, combine training, uh, doing all the circuits for the, the top 30 visits, right? Well, you can focus on, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I'm lifting with my teammates. I might even lift with Luke Gedeke and and Tristan Worfs, right? That's where you see the big jump from rookies to second year players in terms of, of their play. And if they don't make that jump, then you got a Logan Hall and you, then you've got a a, a Joe Tron Schwenka. But I think these guys, Malk, Diaby, Cansey, I, I think that their flashes are higher and, and more often than what we saw from either Hall or Joe trying showing a couple of, of top picks in recent years. Yeah, but if you're friends with the team captain and you played at the same college with them, uh, you can still go to the sideline when uh, when your Washington Huskies get into the uh, playing the college football playoff. Uh, exactly. Anyway, that was that was cool to see anyone that didn't that see. Uh, Vita Vea, JTS, and uh, and Kate Otten were all yeah. on the sidelines of the Washington game. I know some people are going to freak out and be like, they should be focused on the game. Listen, yeah. it's a flight from tampa to new orleans i'm sure they went yeah. back that night uh monday or tuesday's the off day anyway so they have to ready to charter a plane yeah exactly yeah. so it doesn't take that <laughs> they're not hanging at the airport waiting for the flight they chartered a plane yeah. they flew up there <laughs> the, you know, like matt said i'm sure they flew back last night right today's today's the player's day off right so yeah you know, th- there is some downtime that you need to decompress from the game of football. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all I'm trying to say. I just yeah. I don't want it to turn into there's a big thing years ago when the Giants like went down to Miami. I uh, were all on a boat on and the boat, they yeah. the Packers yeah. in the playoffs. Odell, and it yeah. became a whole thing. So anyway, um Bucks Basin with the five dollar super chat says, and thank you, Bucks Basin. Bowles did himself no favors with the things he said post loss. Him saying we were in a daze sounds like they're uh, emulating their head coach perfectly yeah I, I just think it was very very shocking to see them come out so flat in this type of game where um you know they they could have had the knockout blow they could have put the dagger into the Saints season while also punching their ticket into the postseason which mm-hmm. we've talked about before and and to come out so flat on both sides of the ball i mean yeah. defense allowed a touchdown in the opening drive and it took half the first quarter and then the offense immediately comes out and gets three and out and they had like four three and outs in their first eight drives. So essentially yeah. every other drive uh, in that style, that just that type of mood coming out. I don't know if that's on bowls, if that's on the players, on the captains and the leadership. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was really disappointing to see. That was um, yeah. I don't know. That, that's that's well, quite bothersome. I like what Todd Bowles said to begin with, which he's, he called out essentially himself and Dave Canales saying, we yeah. got to come up with better game plans, right? <laughs> it's what we did didn't work at all. So kudos to that. I will say this. Todd Bowles, he, he you know, listen, he doesn't give the, the most rah-rah, you know, speeches. He's not that inspirational guy. He's not Dan Campbell. He's not Bruce Arians, right? He's, he's not John Gruden. He's not a fire and brimstone kind of guy. He's lost some press conferences, right, Matt? You and I have been there where he has lost the press conference, where he has yep. he said the wrong thing. You're, you, we, you and I look at each other and we're like, oh, boy, we know yep. what's going to lead today's podcast, right? 
I mean, we, we we've sat there in the front row and, and we've we've had those looks at each other. If I'm Ty Bowles and I come out to the media uh, after that game, and you're right, he, he did have he did have that deer in the headlights look, like I can't believe this just happened, right? He was reeling like the players were. I think you come out there and it's it's a little bit of like Tim Tebow esque, right? Where you come out defiant and you say, This was absolute horse crap today. And I guarantee you, we're not going to play like this against Carolina. Okay, we are absolutely not going to play like this. And matter of fact, you're never going to see us play like this again. We will be ready to play. We, we will have better game plans. Uh, we will, as coaches, have this team ready to go, whether the players are or not. Uh, we, we are going to lead this team to victory next week and into the playoffs and have some swagger, some confidence, some bravado. And even if it's fake, what do they say? Fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. <laughs> ha- have something to stir the masses, stir the troops. The players, they're on social media. They see the clips. They, they, they repeat yeah. the report. They follow our accounts. They get that message out. Use the media to, to tell the players, if they weren't paying attention to what you just said in the locker room five minutes ago, you're putting them on notice that um, – that was unacceptable. We'll accept responsibility, but we'll be damned if that's going to happen again. And it just, you don't see that. And I don't think the Todd Bowles has that in him. That's not who he is. And I think that's what's missing from this team. And that's why this team is not going to maybe be anything more than a better version of Dirk Cutter, but not get to that Tony Dungy, John Gruden, Bruce Arians level. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it would resonate so much more because it isn't what Todd Bowles does, where it's like, wow, he really means business now if he's calling someone out or you know yeah. getting fiery on, on the sideline. But we'll see. Maybe it'll be like a Jacksonville game. They jump out to a 30 nothing lead against maybe. Carolina, and, and Todd can save that emotion for, I don't know, maybe using it against <laughs> the Eagles uh, the following week. Uh, shout out to Original Windex. Thank you so much for the 499 Super Chat. Um, if you have another comment, we're happy to put it up uh, whenever that comes through on the show. So moving on, thank you to uh, Pico DeStyle Mutant for the $2 Super Chat, who has a plan for the Bucks. Hire Harbaugh, fire Todd Bowles, let Devin White walk, draft J.J. McCarthy, who, of yeah. course, is the uh, Michigan quarterback who yeah. – Made a very nice one-handed catch on that botched he did. flea flicker play. It actually ended up yeah. working. Um, yeah, and threw a nice pass off his back Harvey. foot, almost getting crushed. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even have the laces on the ball, too, if you watch right. the re- – I mean, he had to get rid of it. He was about to get hit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Harbaugh obviously is an extremely popular name. Um, great coach. I mean, if you look at his history, everywhere he's gone, he's pretty much built winning teams. Um, did yeah. not win the Super Bowl. Lost to his brother, actually. Uh, but does have a chance to John Harbaugh, but does have a chance to win the yeah. the national championship. I was listening to the Dan Patrick show earlier today, and he brought up a good thing about or interesting point about Harbaugh. Where, yeah, Harbaugh went to Michigan; that's his alma mater. But he's mm-hmm. done a lot of stuff in in California as well. He coached at Stanford. Mm-hmm. He coached the Forty Niners. Yeah. Um, there's, I think, San Diego or San, San Diego, Diego State. Yeah. Or yeah, San yeah. Diego. So he coached there as well. So he was Josh Johnson's coach when the Bucks drafted Josh Johnson from oh, San no Diego. <laughs> yeah. So um, the reason why I bring that up in that point from Dan Patrick is you have the Chargers right out there. I yeah. know it's not you know the the San With Fran Justin area, Herbert. yeah. But yeah, you got Justin Herbert. You got a quarterback that you want. JJ McCarthy is funny. I was talking with people yesterday, uh, like about. Where would he get drafted? Would you want someone like Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, what I will give J.J. McCarthy credit for is that that game was on the line. They needed to yeah. score a touchdown a to tie a the game up. Yeah. And he got the job done and then went out. I know they mostly ran it with Blake Corum in overtime, right. but got that touchdown in overtime when they needed it. And uh, I respect the, the the gutsy performance that he had. I agree. And uh, John Spitek, assistant general manager, is a Michigan man. Go blue, Larry Foot. Yeah, Larry Foot. So there's there's some people that I'm sure are JJ McCarthy fans in the building over there. So we'll see what happens. Um, 
I think the problem is with Harbaugh is if he comes, he is he's Bill Belichick. He is the general manager, the head coach. He runs the show, and doesn't stay long. Matt right. doesn't stay long. So if things go south for him, as they have in other coaches that have made the jump from college to pro, right? Um, Nick Saban's one of those guys. Steve Spurrier's another. Will he go back? Right? Will, yeah. he, will he go back to college uh, at, at the first sign of, of trouble? Now, he, he's had success in the 49ers uh, organization, so it's not like he hasn't or can't win at this level. He has, and, and Matt's right. He's won everywhere he's been, but doesn't stay long. And so uh, how, how long until he feels uncomfortable? If it's not working, is he going to bail? Because he's hop, skipped, and jumped around now yeah. quite a few times. No, that's a that's a great point. And on top of that, uh, another thing is that he could kind of dangle that over the bucks where it's like, hey, if I don't get my way, screw you, I'll just go back to college. Because every yeah. single college team outside of Ohio State oh, yeah. would say take him in a heartbeat. Yeah. Come in. Uh come in, Mr. Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Make yourself at home. Uh or he could just say, Screw you, I'm gonna go back to Michigan because they take yeah. him um as well. So you definitely have to factor that in. Thank you to Dante Mason for this 1999 Super Chat. Appreciate you. Dante says, hey, guys, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Dante. Thank you. Is Shaq Barrett playing this week? If so, does it seem like he lost a step? By the way, Compton, California, in the building, home of Hardy Nickerson. Very cool. Great to have Compton in the house. Um so Bo said on Monday that everyone is trending in the right direction. He was specifically asked about Shaq and Carlton. Um, I think Shaq would be closer to playing because it's a groin injury versus a concussion, which obviously yeah. is very serious. Shaq has been out there at practice, but obviously not participating. I am curious because the Bucks knew that they had to win one out of their next two, that they said, all right, We'll try to get the job done without Shaq. Um, And if they don't win, we'll have him fresh and ready to go for the game against Carolina. That's kind of what I'm leaning at. Um, But has he lost a step? I think so. I I mean, we do also have to factor in he is coming off of an Achilles injury. And sometimes it takes longer for people to return from that. So we don't even know if we'll be able to get that look next season if if he'll still still be with the Bucs. But I think it's very clear he's not in his prime. He's not the 2019 version of Sack or Shaq. On Sunday, he's better than Joe Tryon Schwenka. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and Anthony Nelson. He's not even the 2020 or 2021 version of Shaq when he made the Pro Bowl, I believe, in uh, in 2021. Yeah, that's right. uh, Yeah, has he lost a step? I I would say so. That doesn't mean he's not important to the team. I think he still adds a lot from a leadership perspective Mm -hmm. and being a mentor uh, and things of that nature. So we'll we'll see what his availability is for this week. Um, Meets McGee with the $5 Super Chat says, if Bowles back next season, what would be the difference from his other teams uh, he's led? Does he do a good job at self-evaluation in your opinion? Well, not really because (laughs) – The Jets, his best season was his first year with the Jets. They went 10 and six, but did not make the playoffs. And I almost hate bringing this up, Bucks fans, because it's Patrick, too, right? They they had to, yes, that was with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They had to beat the Buffalo Bills in the Mm -hmm. last week of the season on the road Mm -hmm. against a lowly Bills team. Now, that Bills team was better than this current, um, than this current Panthers team. And this was way before Josh Allen and everything like that. Um, and the Jets did not get the job done. Historically, they don't, um, and they lost. And that's when they had Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and a really high-powered offense. Um, and then the next season, there was a whole contract dispute with Fitzpatrick. Uh, he ended up resigning with the team, but the team was never the same. Um, they regressed on offense a ton. Defensively, they had older pieces. So um, one of those things where some players did lose a step. And we've criticized Todd Bowles a lot this year for not being able to kind of read the room or read the development of his players quickly enough to push that button and insert Yaya Diaby earlier than he should have or stuff with Ryan Neal as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a point of concern, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we're going to stick up for Todd Bowles in, in, in any regards, it's he was dealt with the $79 million dead cap situation. 
having to play a bunch of rookies this year because that's all the team could afford at a lot of positions, basically being hamstrung in free agency where he couldn't go out and, and pick players. Now, Jason Light and, and Bulls did a good job of drafting players. So this is not like Bulls was given a Super Bowl caliber team and has stubbed his toe and, you know, tripped and fallen with this team and, and underachieved. Um, as Matt said on, on Sunday's podcast after the game, he picked the Buccaneers to be eight and nine. I picked the Bucs to be nine and eight. One of us is going to be right. And guess what? The other one's not going to be that far off. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like that. And I even said when I made my prediction, I said, they're, they're nine and eight. And I'm not sure if they're making the playoffs or not, because I'm not sure what the Panthers, or not the Panthers, but the Saints or Falcons are going to do. It turns out if they are nine and eight, they will win the NFC South, but they'll win it in week 18. Yeah. So, at no point in time did we think this team was was a a, a big time playoff contender and, and was gonna you know be a two or three seed. Uh, if they were gonna win the division, it would be because the division would stay downtrodden, which it has this year. So, Listen, you know, they're, so there's, there's that. They're an average team. Yeah. They're an average team that can lose to anybody and can pull off an upset. Bingo. But they're Absolutely. a very very average team. Um, talk, speaking about all these picks. Uh, we'll we'll do the super chat first. Sure. Uh, thank you to Catherine Loboda for the five dollars super chat, who says and I believe was featured on our uh, roll call yeah. as well. No question or comment. Just wanted to wish you both a happy new year and thank you for putting on this show. I look forward to it every. Oh, we week. appreciate Catherine, that. Catherine. That thank warms you. my heart. Thank you so much. Uh, happy new year to you as well and happy to new all year. the Peter people. Yeah, like I said before, you guys make it's your show, show so much fun. It's your, yeah, it's show. your show. We. Kind of just steered in whatever direction what you guys want to talk about. We're very happy to talk about as well. And um, yeah, your excitement of the show makes me even more pumped and and, yeah. and happy to do the show. So thank you so much, Catherine, for the uh, very kind words. Um, one thing I want to help out everybody else as well is if you want to start making some picks of for the Bucks for other games. Go and do it over at Underdog Fantasy using the promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Uh, get a first deposit bonus over at Underdog. It's a really fun game. Um, they have different prizes, different pools, um, but the pick them is, is really where it's at. Uh, that's what I enjoy doing the most. You just pick between two and five players for any game. It's got to be at least one from each team. So if you want to do Bucks versus Panthers, you do have to pick a Panthers player as well. But you can load up on Bucks players, or if you think the Bucks defense is going to be great, maybe you think uh, you know lower on the passing yards for Bryce Young or Andy Dalton, whoever ends up playing. Or if you love Rashad away, you think he's going to go over on his rushing yards or receiving yards, you can pick that as well. So just choosing a number of different stats, you can pick all the way up to five players and went up to twenty times your money over at Underdog Fantasy. Use a promo code Pewter P E W T E R. Like I said, get a first deposit bonus. You do it for football. You do it for all the major sports, which is great. So you can use it all year round. Check out Underdog Fantasy. And uh, shout out to our friends over there on that spot. Oh, I think you're muted, Scott. There we go. Good luck yeah. the sound of my own voice. I'm muted. <laughs> uh, just in case you need a reminder, tomorrow is Wednesday. And that means our preview show. Bucks and Panthers preview. Uh Kind of a scary game, I'm not going to lie, Matt. Mm -hmm. uh, we have seen this team, and you put it so apropos just a moment before, where you said this team can beat anybody and lose to anybody. And they have won games that surprised and shocked us, and they have lost games that have also surprised and shocked us <laughs> with this team. So hopefully for the Buccaneers and the Peter people, they win and win this hat and T-shirt, and, and then we'll see what happens in the playoffs, so it'll be another home playoff game that will make the Lasers happy, but uh, they also want to be happier with the win rather than a loss, as what happened last year. So we'll see. Lots to discuss tomorrow with the Bucks and Panthers preview at four o'clock here on Peter Report TV, and also it's uh, also live streamed on X on Peter Report as well as our Facebook channel as well. So lots of different ways you can watch the live show, and if you miss it. You can always check out our archived podcasts on Peter Report TV. Um, just in case you missed out on the news last year, we can tell you this year that the Eric Gross Group is the official realtor of Peter Report. That's right. Eric Gross, good friend of ours, 
is one of the top real estate agents in the country. And in my opinion, he's the best in Florida. It takes a full team effort to win in football, as you know. It also takes a full team effort to win in real estate. That's where the Eric Gross Group comes in. Eric Gross has done hundreds of transactions in the, this crazy real estate market. And he and his team have got experience in all types of situations, whether you're buying a house, whether you're selling a house, moving into Florida, moving out of Florida, moving around the state. Turn to the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Visit his website, housesinfla.com, housesinfla.com. Check out their inventory. It's a great website. I love the layout. Their clients aren't just transactions. They're lifelong friendships. Eric's a great guy. You can start off by talking about Tampa Bay football because uh, he is a pewter person just like you all. And he's an avid pewter report reader, Tampa native. His dad was stationed at McDill Air Force Base. So there's a lot to like about Eric and especially it's his track record for buying and selling houses. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome at the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Again, visit housesinfla.com. Before we wrap up the show, we got two more Super Chats to get to, starting out with Meets McGee. Thanks for the $5 Super Chat. Says, Scott, Matt, I appreciate your professionalism. I like that this podcast don't do all the goofy things like a family guy skit. Happy New Year. Meets McGee, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, appreciate your fandom. You're always in the comments. Uh, you're yes. very gracious with uh, Super Chats as well. We try to put on a good show every episode. I think we do a pretty good job of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we listen to feedback as well. I know there was a time where you felt there's a little bit too much Devin White discussion. So we mix it up a little bit as well. And, you know, yep. we appreciate all the feedback that we get and, you know, try to apply it as much as we can mm -hmm. and, and, and when it is necessary. So. Yeah. Yeah, glad you guys. We try to be entertaining. We'll we'll joke around a little bit, you know. But it's yeah, it's, I, I it's, think it's a little bit of this, a little bit of yeah. that. You know, there's a little bit of uh, something for everybody. Uh, and thank you to Ryan Finnerin for this 4.99 super chat. Says if Tampa beats Carolina on Sunday, I think we beat the Eagles the following week. Happy New Year's, Peter. Report also, Matt's picks are a lock. Guys, I've been red hot with, yeah, yeah Matty Dinos, baby. Yeah. I have been red hot with my Bucks picks. All my props the last two weeks have hit, so I believe that's about six in a row. Feel free to parlay them. Feel free to take each one individually. As much as I want to keep this streak going, I don't necessarily think I'm going to go, you know, 15 picks in a row. I'll probably just go like 14 and one, and that'll be all right. I'll, I'll be able to live with it. But, Ryan, uh, thank you very much for the kind words. Um I like gambling anyway, so I'm going to bet on it, whether or not I'm broadcasting it publicly. But to see other people win money as well and, and share mm -hmm. in the joy that I do, um, it, it's truly been great. Uh, and yeah. I really, really love uh, seeing that side of it. As far as the Bucks beating the Eagles, something's off with the Eagles. I yeah. said it earlier, their defense has regressed, um, yeah. not getting to the quarterback as much, terrible on third downs. Mm -hmm. And – Jalen Hurts isn't the same either. Jalen Hurts, I think, no pun intended, is hurt. I think yeah. there's something a little bit off with Jalen yeah. Hurts. And, uh, you know, they have a ton of talent on that team. But if your quarterback isn't at the level that you need him to be at, um, you know, that makes all the difference. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I appreciate that, uh, Nathan, very much. Yeah, I, I'm with you. The Eagles, that that might be the best draw for the Buccaneers. And remember – the Bucs did beat the Eagles. Granted, it was with Tom Brady in a yeah. much better Buccaneer team in 2021 <laughs> before they lost to the to the Rams at Ray J in a devastating loss in the playoffs because I think they were destined to repeat as Super Bowl champions if they had gotten past the Rams. I think they would have beaten the Bengals for sure. Um, but that's the way it goes. Uh, new team, new year, a new playoff opportunity, but it doesn't happen unless they beat the Panthers first. So if they do yeah. that, Todd Bowles loves to fight another day. And we'll continue to chronicle his journey as the Bucks head coach. If not, it could be end of the line. That's why we said at the beginning of the show, folks, high stakes in Carolina. There is so much on the line in this game. It's going to be win, and they're in, loss, and there could be a house cleaning. So um, it could be a very abrupt ending to a, a Buccaneer chapter or the continuation of an interesting story that – could see Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers possibly advance in the, in the, the postseason and, and show some signs of life and maybe stick around for 2024 and see what happens. So a lot on the line this week. Make sure that you tune into tomorrow's podcast at 4 o'clock as we preview the Bucks and Panthers.
Yeah, we're going to break it all down. And uh, in the meantime, please follow us on all of our social media on X, Facebook, Threads, and Instagram. We are at Pewter Report. And our YouTube channel, of course, it's Pewter Report TV, where we have various shows, the podcast, Peter Game Day Show, uh, things from practice, and uh, the press conferences as well. So uh, please like and subscribe. Leave a comment as well after the show is done. Uh, it helps spread our audience. We're getting very close to 13,000 and yes. would absolutely love to hit it by the end of the season. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. Happy New Year. And Happy we New will Year. see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.